I don't even know where to start this podcast episode today, guys, because to be honest, it completely blew me away. Piero Mingoya is a very, very special guy. The kind of stuff we touched on today, I think the value is going to be incredible. It certainly was for me listening back and hearing his story and what he was able to to do and achieve and more importantly how we can start achieving the same how we can stay consistent motivated and have the purpose and fire in our belly to thrive and achieve very very special things as well Piero Mingoya has been a professional footballer footballer for 12 years from the time he turned 18 to 30 and he's for some of us, lived was the picture dream of a footballer, and I cannot wait for, for us to dive into the conversation and hear Piero Mingoya's story firsthand as well. Let's dive in. Piero, like for, for the people that aren't too aware or don't know much, like, could you kind of give us maybe a quick introduction who Piero is um, and maybe like a quick yeah, like a quick introduction, I suppose. Yeah, no problem. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. So a little introduction into myself. Obviously, from my name, um, probably tell is kind of not from an English kind of background. Um, I come from Italian descent. Um, very much been brought up in the Italian culture. Um, so, of course, that's, that's where my name comes from uh, and my background. Um, career-wise, I recently transitioned from um, a full-time professional footballer which I had the the fortune of being able to do that for 12 years professionally um, from 18 to 30 uh, and now kind of exploring different avenues um, and kind of they're all based on on helping people develop Um, so I focus on, on football coaching uh, on kind of the, the skill, the technical skill. Um, but also I study personal performance coaching. Um, so kind of self-development, helping people achieve what, what they'd like to achieve and, and under, finding direction and clarity. Um, so that's, that's where I'm at right now. Amazing. Um, yeah, so the first biggest thing in this is probably to you being so deep into into football and and so deep into it it's probably a complete misconception um but for for me like never kind of having the technical ability or just never really prioritizing football as much as a kid I always kind of remember looking in playing the FIFA games um and all of these things and kind of looking at the football looking at football and just thinking like that kind of lifestyle must be like this kind of big like rock star thing where um you get like all the money you get all of all of these things but in reality like it is still like an incredible amount of like hard work and discipline and and, um effort to sustain that for for those 12 years or yeah so like you say of course most people see the the top of the of the iceberg which is kind of like the premier league the the big stars obviously the the huge wages and salaries these days um um, but it's not like that all the way through. Um, obviously, it's got its rewards and and its benefits, and it's it's a nice lifestyle. Um, we're kind of like time and schedule, but it's a very very high intense, um, and it consumes you a lot physically and mentally um, because 
for 12 years, um, every day that you go in, you're expected to give 100%. There's, there's kind of no hiding place. Um, so to be able to, to get yourself going every single day to, to push to the maximum, it's definitely a skill um, and it's not easy to do and to keep going for, for years on end. Yeah, because I, I imagine as well for some of the time as well, like if for, for any kind of reason or like a footballer in particular, like the kind of passion or motivation phase, then it's probably even harder to keep showing up 100% and keep having that kind of relentless discipline and kind of keep giving it 100%. Yeah, it's um, like anything. I think after when you do something for a long period of time, it does become a bit more challenging to find new motivations, um, to find a kind of a new path to, to keep you going. And it's probably one of the reasons why I decided to take a step back because my head had been turned by other interests that I felt like, of course, will benefit my life more longer term because you can't play football forever. Um, so I wasn't sure if I could keep doing what I was doing, as in professionalism and the dedication um, for the next few years because I had this other stuff going on um, and the way I live football and the way I live um, my work or my careers, I like to give it everything. Um, and I wasn't sure I'd be able to do that because my head was, was in other places um, in the, for the next few years. So I felt more comfortable stepping back um, instead of going in maybe half-hearted. Yeah, it's one of those as well. Like I, I imagine it's kind of the same case for for everyone, kind of chasing goals in particular. Like like you say, if the head starts to turn, if you feel that kind of passion, motivation, that the fire in a way going, then it's probably how how would you go about doing it? If it for like kind of like know when to take a step back, or if you just need a break, like if you need to change directions, or if it's just kind of like. A, you need to take a bit of a break and then come back to it and keep pushing on that. I think it's a case of um, taking time to kind of feel what you're thinking. Um, and that's what the more, the longer I was, obviously the season ended last season, the longer the time was going on, normally I'd be kind of getting ready to maybe look for a new club or get myself, at least get myself fit, ready to go for the new season. And, and I wasn't really feeling it. My body wasn't telling me to, to go do certain runs. And, and so that kind of told me my interest was, was elsewhere now. Um, and I love football. I'll always be, be involved in football. But the playing side didn't line up with kind of my future um, so I, like I said I felt it was best for me to take a step back and focus on stuff that I consider part of my future um, and try and get ahead instead of waiting and doing something maybe that I have to stop anyway um, where I can maybe get a lot of experience in, in things um, a few years ahead because a lot of us can to me, kind of the first thing that comes to mind relating it back to kind of outside of football side of things, a lot of us can kind of get locked into be it with fitness stuff, just kind of getting stuck into one particular kind of 
bodybuilding style of training if we kind of really dislike the idea of it or, or we kind of start to lose that passion it's kind of for you it's just kind of and for us it's like if we were if we do step, take a step back we aren't going to go back lose our, all our progress or kind of lose it all I suppose but it's, it, if you do take take a step back you could probably push a lot harder and then kind of get a lot more done as well in the, in the long run because that kind of fire motivation and, and passion is there yeah, so the, the taking a step back is just kind of taking a moment to have kind of like a, a bird's eye view of what you're doing, why you're doing it, um, and where you want to go with it. Because I think sometimes when you're, you're too caught up in the middle of it and it's all busy, busy, um, you lose sight of what you're doing and why you're doing it and you just end up in a cycle and it could easily be, become a rut and you don't know why you're doing certain things. So to take that step back and maybe look at the bigger picture so you can see maybe the pathway that you have to go down definitely reignites motivation. And like you say, the fire in the belly because you can see where you're taking it instead of getting caught up with a, the day-to-day cycle. Yeah, and it's so easy, like you say, as well. It's, it's, it's quite hard at, at times to kind of do that. But like when you do, you can kind of almost see like, okay, are these kind of daily, weekly, like monthly tasks, are they moving me forward towards where, am I, where I want to go? Or am I just kind of stuck in it, stuck in a bit of a rut? Um, yeah. So how, like with the, like what did the kind of like footballer lifestyle, like maybe 25, 26 year old, like Pierre, what did that kind of like a, a general kind of day in the life look like then then? So it would be pretty similar um, throughout the years, to be honest. Um, training in the morning, um, probably from about, depending what club, every manager wants you, you know, at different times. But let's say from nine till one, two o'clock, um, where you'll go in, you'll do kind of injury prevention training um, before the actual training session outside. And then you do the, the main session and then you might do, I don't know, strength, strength and conditioning training after. Um, and then lunch and, and then, yeah, you're, you're, you're done for the day. That was pretty much what happens up and down the country um, in all the professional levels, really. And obviously training gets tweaked um, closer to matches. So maybe Thursday and Friday might be a little bit lighter to kind of save your energy, of course, for the... For the Saturday, um, where of course that's that's where it all matters and, and the matches. And and I imagine kind of the the mental side of things as well, like having you like I imagine kind of to do well you have to be like like you say as well you have to be completely in a hundred percent like in that kind of world like all the time you can't really it like are you able to kind of were you able to switch off mentally like during that kind of like week to week or so I, I I probably almost say struggled with that but I was very much kind of like all in um and it it consumes you a lot mentally um because everything you're doing you're thinking about football you're thinking about training you're thinking about matches if they went good if they went bad you're thinking why and it's just it's a continuous non-stop um, cycle um, it was for me anyway because it it is non-stop you have a game Saturday you might have another game Tuesday then another game Saturday 
So you, there isn't much time to take a breather. You might be able to take a breather for like a day um, because a day or two later, you're, you're back in and you need to get yourself ready to, to try and perform again. And I, and I imagine kind of a big, like for me anyway, in the past, like one of those kind of exhaustion things has been more around, I've, I've never kind of, I've never kind of trained to the same extent, like kind of always having to be on and always having to perform um, to that extent. But I imagine kind of the exhaustion side of things at times could be more mental than the physical, like just kind of not like always having to be switched on and always having to think about performing better or yeah, no, I definitely, I think the, the mental side of it, I wish I maybe dealt with it. I was quite relaxed, but I think um, the stuff I know now would have probably helped me um, more when I was younger. Um, but I think it's, it's, that's the case for everything, really. You always wish you knew what you know now back then. Um, but like I say, it's just I found it very consuming uh, mentally. Um, and when the end of the season come, it was kind of like a a huge weight off your shoulders for a month or a month or two before you start thinking about getting ready to go again. Um, so yeah, it's for the 10 months that you're in the season, it is extremely intense um, and highly pressured, but that's almost the kind of the payoff for the, the privilege of, of doing what you do. Um, so you just got to try and look after yourself best as possible and give yourself the best chance to to perform and show, showcase your skills. What, so with the kind of like you, you touched on kind of like the knowledge, you know, now you'd probably tackle things a little bit differently. Like, is there anything in particular that you feel like you would tell kind of your younger, like Piero in terms of how to better protect and manage that mental side? I think it'd be a case of, um, it's okay to, to do other things alongside football. Um, so I'd be so so on it mentally that I'd feel bad if I maybe done something in the afternoon or in the evening or if I went out. Um, and I don't think that's healthy. I, I think you need time to kind of just switch off. And I only really did that maybe on a Saturday night because um, it was after a game. But during the week, I, I'd feel guilty um, to do something because I think, in my head, I think, oh, well, maybe you're not preparing right. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's okay to, to do that. And as long as you're not doing anything crazy, kind of getting drunk and stuff like that, but just be a bit more relaxed um, when you can and take take advantage of it because it will, it will help you be in a more calm stable place um for the for the rest of the season yeah and like when you kind of when you mentioned kind of switching switching off like mentally like i'd imagine for for some of us um i don't know if you you were in the same boat but i'd imagine kind of like i remember kind of like trying to kind of switch off before like just kind of going over and just putting a movie on or um putting a movie on or kind of just doing something kind of by myself or like you're putting a movie going for a walk but they're kind of like whether it was with work or with the, the training side of things it's, it's always in the back of your back of your mind is there mm-hmm. a way to escape it or is there just kind of picking activities that are kind of switching you on to like really having to focus on other activities yeah so it'd be a case 
like I said, I love football and I love sport. So that's what I would be doing in my spare time, watching football. Which um, is obviously good, but sometimes bad because you, I just couldn't get away from it. Um, but as I got older, I started reading um, kind of non-fiction books, self-development books, um, reading about kind of investing and other, other things that I like. Uh, I found that kind of quite nice, actually, because I'd get home from training and I'd just start focusing on that sort of stuff. Um, and that definitely kind of just took me away for, for a few hours um, without constantly being around sport or, or football. Yes, I've got you. So it, it's, it's almost like having like smaller kind of micro goals or smaller at least tasks that are outside of the football. So kind of like the kind of non-fiction, like self-development kind of books and like the, the investment yeah, yeah. side of things. So it's kind of like there's still some kind of an outcome that you're trying to possibly achieve, but it's completely outside of the football side of things. Yeah, so it's stuff that you want to, I want to improve and I want to learn more about. Um, but it's just a different conversation. I'd be talking to people about different things instead of, kind of how's football, how did the game go, the same conversation. I'd be, I'd be asking questions of other people who are maybe more successful um, in industries that I, I have an interest in. Um, so that kind of curiosity allowed me to not think about what I was doing in my day job because I was thinking about, I want to learn about how they've done what they've done or how I can pick up some tips from from other people yeah and like yeah for, yeah for sure and, and like I, I, yeah and it sounds so much easier like just gonna think about that it sounds so much easier to then switch off um for me anyway like I, I will see how the listeners find it but to switch off when you are invested a lot more into something rather than like kind of always having in the back of your mind i need to switch off i need to switch off you go out and you find something else to kind of work towards mm-hmm. it it's, it's a lot easier Definitely. So um, with like with the football side of things, like one big thing um, that comes to mind and, and correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but it, it sounds like your actions are like massively magnified. So if you, when you play a game, if you, if you make a mistake or if you do something really well, like you have everyone on your, on your case, everyone watching you like the stadium and, and the manager, the, the other players, um, Whereas for the majority of us, when we are tackling kind of long-winded question, but for like a lot of us, it will be kind of like solo um, goals. Did you find that kind of, did you find it to be like loads of kind of external pressure, like when you were playing or was it not as much as we might, we might think? Yeah, no, of course there's, there's external pressure. There's um, clubs are expecting players to perform to a certain level, fans are expecting you to, to perform at a certain level, family, friends. Um, and it's, it's definitely something you have to manage because it can easily get on top of you um, because you just feel like you, maybe when you don't do so well, that you've let down a, a hell of a lot of people. Um, but as you get older, you kind of learn to live with that and you you don't take it as as personal or you just understand that you're in sport, you are going to do well sometimes and sometimes you're not going to do as well. Um, that's just part of, part of the journey. 
Um, but definitely when you're younger, you any little negative thing, you, you take it uh, a little bit more on board than maybe you should do. And how, do you get, how did you get better when you, like, as you got on in your career? Like, how did you get better kind of taking that step back and realising it's, it's just part of, part of the job? For me, it was a case of just understanding that um, the only thing that matters is what you think and maybe what your, your manager thinks. Um, people that are involved with you. Um, I can't control if a fan thinks I'm good or if they think I'm bad. Um, I still have to go out and try my best. So when you start to strip it back and you just concentrate on the opinions that maybe matter, um, that maybe have an influence on your career, um, then I think you're, you, you're a little bit more calmer. Um, because, you know, you play in a stadium and there's 5,000, 10,000, whatever it is, 15,000, not everybody's going to think you're good. And that's just pretty normal. Um, and it's not something to take personally. And if anything, I've I become better at dividing me as a person and me as a player. So I have no problem if you think I'm rubbish at football. Um, that's, that's up to you. That's your opinion. Um, but I would have a problem if you thought I was a horrible person or on the personal side of things, because that's, that's me. That's what I care about. Um, because that's, that stays with me forever, as in me, the person. The player will stop at some point. But me, the person, has to carry on. Um, so, yeah, I had no, no problems what people thought of me as a player. Good, if they thought I was good, then, of course, brilliant. If they didn't think I was that good, then I kind of just crack on. Yeah, it, it sounds like kind of just going on and, and when you weren't on the football, like, say, football, like, stadium playing, it sounds like it was kind of like you're, you're kind of playing a character and in the personal side of things, the stuff you're doing outside of the game and outside of football is, is separate to the character that you were playing in a way. I don't know if that's how you... I wouldn't say it's too okay. separate. Oh, I um, but I just... The judgment. I didn't mind being judged as a player. Um, now I don't, mean, I don't mind being judged as a person um, because I feel like I know who I am and, and what I stand for. Um, but definitely, you're always getting judged as a player. So the quicker you get to live with that and you understand that that's just part of the job, um, the, the more comfortable you'll be. Um, because you do have to become a little bit of a character when you play. Um, because, like you say, it's high pressured. Um, so maybe the way I am at home, I may be have to be a little bit different when I'm on the pitch um, because it's obviously highly competitive. There's people playing against you. Um, so you have to have a kind of a more tougher side and, and take no nonsense sometimes. Um, but yeah, I, I always try to keep myself as kind of as true to myself as possible. But I just understood that everybody's going to judge you. Um, so there's no point kind of losing sleep on it unless it's people that you actually value their their opinion. And to a kind of minor, much smaller scale, would you would you feel like that's something that like kind of 
a lot of us could do better in kind of implementing on our on our day to day. Like um, we we we're all on on social me- social media. We will have like Facebook, Twitter, uh, the majority of us anyway, and like we can easily get swept up down a route of like okay, um, these people think this pictures this or like I've got this work friend saying this this thing about me um is that something that you feel like a lot of us could get better at just first identifying like the people that opinions actually matter to us and if that's if we want to take it on board or yeah I think a lot of that comes from um maybe not being confident in yourself um and knowing knowing yourself really i think the more you get to know yourself and what you're about and what you stand for what you like what you don't like um, and i mean on a kind of a, on a deeper level i think the knock-on effect of that is you stop caring what people think because you know like i said what you're about what journey you want to go on and you just go ahead and do it um, when you're not sure and you're maybe not as confident because you're not, you're not clear on where you want to go or what you want to do, that's when you start looking left and right and, um, and taking things on board that maybe you shouldn't. Because in reality, apologies for that, no one, no one actually gives a shit. They make out like they care um, and they might say the odd thing. But when it comes down to it, everybody's got their own problems they need to, to crack on with and their own lives that they need to... Um, to work on and if they're not and they're just looking at other people's more often than not then people are not actually moving forward with anything um, and the people they're actually talking about end up doing more than more than them yeah it's it's like the the big thing that that came to me is that kind of quote that i'm gonna get completely wrong but it's kind of like having the internal like working on the internal side of things that you can control if that's strong then the external can't do it any harm or whatever the kind of quote was so um uh, and in the kind of like i suppose tying in in nicely like when it comes to like body shape like self-development confidence energy goals outside of the 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 pressure of having like loads of people on your case and having uh, and just kind of doing it for yourself do you feel like the do you feel like that that helps like having not kind of not any pressure no not as much accountability to to the goal um when when you're kind of tackling or should we kind of start to have some level of external pressure or should we try and kind of have some like a manager like you like you did with your manager or do you feel like we can kind of definitely do amazing just kind of without that kind of external pressure if that makes sense um i think you can do it by yourself um but I think if you've got someone in your corner keeping you accountable, um, I think it just makes the process a lot quicker. Um, and you see with kind of personal trainers and stuff like that, some people that have a personal trainer don't need a personal trainer, but they just like the fact that they've got someone there pushing them, trying to squeeze out that 1%, that 2% more that maybe they wouldn't do if they're by themselves. Um, and it's like that in anything. Um, the accountability is huge. It's something I offer um, with the people I work with. Um, because if you say you're going to do something, you, you might as well do it. Um, because otherwise, you just, they're just, sorry, they're just empty promises and it doesn't benefit you. Um, 
if you keep saying you're going to do something um, and you don't do it. And you see that with the accountability in just normal workplace. Um, people never want to be late. They never kind of just leave work early, do they? Um, because they're kind of fearful of the consequences. Um, and that's because of the accountability that their boss or their manager will have. Um, I don't try and be a boss or a manager in that sense. Um, but I just like to keep people accountable to what they say they're going to do because I know that's the way to, for them to hit their, their targets. I suppose that might be why so many people, like including including me, found it so difficult to work from home and get as much done, um, because it was you can kind of do whatever you want as long as the work gets done. I imagine, and it's kind of like it all becomes quite blurry. Like when do you switch off? When do you work? Whereas having that accountability, you start a specific time, you finish at this time. It takes that kind of like mental side. Like you don't have to think about it. So you know you you mm-hmm. have to be in at that time. You you know you have to finish it. That, that time as well yeah no the the structure is massive um i think if you have too much time on your hands um you end up not doing as much than if you know you only have a certain amount of time to do it um so if you can plan your days and and have structure if you are working from home um then that'll definitely help you kind of keep consistent and moving forward Okay, and on the accountability side of things, like, what do, you, what do you feel like, it's a bit of a big question, but like, what do you feel like is the big um, reason so many people like have these, these goals, say, like, say I'm going to do this, I'm going to achieve that, um, and do struggle with the accountability and do struggle kind of actually doing it on their own? Um, I think one of the biggest things is they try and go too big too soon. Um, that causes overwhelm um, and then that causes disappointment because you gave yourself a target that was maybe too big to start with Um, so it wasn't actually your fault of not being able to do it it was just too big at the time Um, and obviously that causes negative emotions and so it it puts people off from trying again sometimes which is a shame Um, and the accountability side of things it's just a case of you need to take your time to think about what you want to do and why you want to do it. Um, because the why is the fuel. That's the petrol. If you, get, if you dig deep and you work out why you want to do something, what's the motivation behind it? And it's, if it's something deep and meaningful to you, that will keep you going when it gets tough. If it's something that you don't really care about, you think you do, the first obstacle that's going to come along you're going to stop. You're going to give up. But if it's something that you have to do because it means so much to you, you will find a way to get through that obstacle. Let's say if you've got kids, for example, your kid has to eat. You won't let that kid starve. It's as simple as that because it means that much. They have to eat. So you will find food and you'll go get food and you'll make sure the kid is eating to help it grow. That's, and it's as simple as that because it means so much that you, there's no question. There's no question of you're not going to let the kid eat. It, it doesn't even come into your head. So it has to, you have to find something that gets close to that level of motivation. Is that then just 
like you say, the, on the why side of things, is that just kind of sitting down somewhere that you're not going to be distracted and just kind of just thinking about it or getting like a pen and paper and just kind of saying, what do I want to achieve? And then just saying why a couple of times, like what do I want to achieve? I want to lose, for example, I want to lose an X amount of weight, like 10 kilos, five kilos. And then why do I want to lose it? Why do I want to lose it until you get to the real kind of, is that the way you go yeah, about so, it? So before that, I, I, I think you should get to know yourself first and really kind of look back and see what, like I say, I always say, what you stand for and what you believe in, your beliefs, your values. Um, and then you try and align what you want to do with that. Because a lot of people put their success on what other people see as successful. And it doesn't actually mean that much to them, but they just think that's what they have to do because they see everyone else doing it. So you have to find out what really means something to you. Because we might have different goals, um, but you might think what I'm doing is cool or what I've got is cool. But deep down, you might not actually care. So we're all kind of individuals in that sense where you have to find out what you're about. And then if you can align your goal, and like I say, if it's weight loss, for example, really dig deep into how that can benefit your life moving forward, how that changes your life. And that could be confidence, energy levels, the way you look. The, it might, you might feel more comfortable to go into different scenarios that maybe you wouldn't do, um, how it affects how you being that confident and stuff affects your family members. Try and link it to as many meaningful, meaningful things as possible. Um, because the more you do, the, the stronger the, the motivation. Okay. So with just uh, like being, being more, being more self-aware side of things and, and really knowing you first, like, is there a, a good starting point for that is there like a place where we where, where we should start in terms of how to to start doing that or is it just more around when you do see people online when you do see your friends doing certain things you've just kind of been aware of and just asking why you might want to replicate certain things first yes i think it's a case of I always say would you when you're away from work and you have free time what do you find yourself doing because you're not getting paid to do that. Um, that's something that you're naturally going towards. So you genuinely like that thing. Um, and that's a good starting point for maybe what you want to do moving forward. And just becoming more self-aware in certain situations. So if you do get excited about certain things, register that. Don't I clearly care about that or I like what's happened there. And if you do maybe not do certain things that you're supposed to do, register that as well. Because there's obviously a reason why you couldn't be bothered to go do something. And sometimes it's just because it doesn't mean that much to you. And that's how you start to work out what's at the top of your priorities and maybe what's not. And maybe you thought it was, but when it comes down to it, there's something holding you back. And normally that's something holding you back means it doesn't, you don't value it as much as other things in your life. 
Okay. And I suppose on that, then, like, as well, like, if you do find yourself constantly trying to do this, the same thing that doesn't work, um, it, it can also just be finding an alternative for it that's a bit more enjoyable and you can kind of do it. But at the same time, just realigning and just knowing what you you want to be doing, what you what you enjoy doing, and then working back from that as well. Yeah, so there's no magic way or one way to, to, to get to certain things. Um, the best formula is just to, to constantly be an open-minded to try different things. Um, and if one thing doesn't work, just work out why it hasn't worked or what's the problem with it and, and try something else. Um, like I said, there's no magic, magic pathway um, that everyone has to take. Everybody gets to things differently. Um, but if you can align the motivation with where you want to go, you will explore those different avenues. If you don't, like I say, you, you'll try that one thing. It may be, be too difficult and you'll just stop um, from achieving your, your long-term goal. And like you said, you want to start with the end in mind. Um, I think it's from a, a good book, one of the, the habits of the seven highly effective, seven habits of highly effective people, apologies. And one of them that's always stuck in my head is start with the end in mind and work backwards so you know what you need to do to where you go. Where some people try and start something, for example, but they don't know where they want to go with it. Um, so if you, if you have the end in mind, then that helps you just kind of change direction, but you're still working towards that, that longer term target. Brilliant. Um yeah yeah and like like you say as well like if with once you have the long-term like target in place as well like if you you can you probably have like different routes to get in there as well so if one route or one particular kind of tasks is task is really unenjoyable for whatever reason if that big goal is something that still really fires you up then you can probably find other ways of of kind of still moving like the exercise other thing you don't have to train one particular you don't have to do the bodybuilding training split just to kind of feel healthy you can go in and do boxing you can do football training that's that side of things as well yeah so let's say what do you like doing gym you like going to the gym working out yeah um yeah so if you go to the gym and i don't know if you drive or, or not but you you're on your way to the gym and there's a, a road closure or what do you do i'll just find like another way around i'll, I'll turn around because you, yeah. <laughs> for you, are, you need to go to the gym. Yeah. So it's the same thing. If there's a, an obstacle or something, you just take a different turn in, but you're still going to the same place. Yeah. You don't just turn around or stop the car and just wait until they open the road. Because you think, I need to go to the gym. I need to go. So it's, the same, it's the same thing. A simple kind of comparison, but that's what it is. If there's a, a diversion or traffic or something, Normally, your brain just tries to find a different way to to get to where you're going. Yeah, um, brilliant. So transitioning like kind of nicely from that and like the uh, to your stuff as well. Like with you, you mentioned kind of the big stuff that really kind of drew, drew your attention. Now, like after foot went and working towards those, like what do they? What do those kind of look like for you? Like now, then. So, like I said. Um, I split my time 
kind of doing um, personal performance coaching, helping people kind of find their purpose um, and then get some clarity and direction and to, to maximise whatever they're doing. It might be in a, a personal area of their life or it might be in their career. Um, and I work with a variety of people. Um, obviously, I always have time to, to work with footballers uh, and athletes because I was one of them. Uh, I understand the difficulties and, and I don't want people to waste their careers. Um, I want people to, to squeeze out every, every ounce of, of their talent and their abilities um, because it's only a short career. So, so to waste any time of it would be a shame. Um, and they'll def definitely look back thinking um, it was a missed opportunity. So I don't want people to experience that feeling. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, obviously I, I do football coaching as well, um, which is something very fulfilling, um, especially when you work with, with the younger generations because you're helping them understand something that, that was, has always been a part of my life. Um, so when you see young children improve uh, it's a very nice feeling um, and like I said to you the about understanding what what uh, what you like and the self-awareness that was kind of my realization really where I just thought back to what I enjoyed doing and it always it always involved helping other people and that's when I was at my my happiest or my most fulfilled when I I'd done stuff to help others um, and their reactions and to see them improve and, and grow. Um, so that's why I align to, to what I'm doing now because coaching, whether in sport or in, um, in life or performance or in business, um, it's all geared towards helping people improve and get better. Okay. And I, I suppose with like, like you say as well, having those like football and business kind of, it's all performance at the end of the day like it's just different like it's just different numbers or different indicators that you're working towards but mm -hmm. it's still it is it still just a mental side of things that you are optimizing just so you can show up and be at 100 percent or be as close to 100 percent as you can to to perform at, at the best or at the top level that that you want to yeah so it's a complete kind of package you just work on on turning every single stone and, and finding little areas where there might be a weakness or room for improvement um, and getting that better. And also the strengths, understanding your strengths um, so you don't come away from them. So you know what you're about as a, as a person or a player um, and understand that that's what you have to deliver on a regular basis because that's what's expected of you. Um, and because somewhere along the line, that's what you showed someone that you can do. So if you could do it once, the challenge is to be able to do that on a regular basis, which obviously that sets the difference between people that um, are good at their job or their career for six months a year and people that can get better and better year after year. That's the difference. Everybody can, can perform for a month or two, um, but where they end up after might not be where they want to be. The ones that can do that week in, week out, they're the ones that will achieve and, and start hitting levels that maybe they couldn't even have dreamed of. And, and like you say as well, like uh, I'd imagine like for, for some of those guys, may, like maybe with, with their training or 
it might be a, a, a wild guess, but if you do end up pushing too hard too quickly, like for a month or two, you could probably lose that kind of mental like edge potentially to keep push that to keep pushing for the entire for the rest of like eight eight nine months. Whereas if you're able to stay consistent throughout the entire period or for a much longer period, you get way better results like long term. Yeah, so it's always for me. It's always consistency over intensity. Like you, you're better off doing related to your industry, twenty minutes a day in the gym, than going to the gym for six hours on one day. It, there's, there's no. It doesn't. The other one works better. So it's the same. So you have to be realistic with, with what challenges or tasks you're setting yourself, um, and that's something that I help help them do and I question it is it realistic to your schedule or to your capabilities at this time if it's not then you have to find something that fits in into your schedule um, and into your mental capacity that you can handle um, and then once you've got that to a, a consistent standard then maybe you might be able to add a little bit more but to add the full the full show um, when you're not used to doing it then it's only got um, kind of disaster written all over it. <laughs> yeah, it, it it rings so true with just the the fitness side of things as well, because especially kind of it being January now, like it's so kind of common to to see and hear like every kind of time to hear all these kind of intense diets and, and training plans that are never going to last um, like long enough anyway. And, and that kind of like, like you say, as well, that negative, feeling and that you attach to it it makes it harder to get back on as well um would you would you say to kind of anyone listening to this now just thinking yes but i can kind of i'd rather be intense for like four weeks like really intense for four weeks get results and then get out of it would you ever say there's a place and time for that um and how if so would you how would you kind of factor that in i think it just depends on on the goals that, that you set, um, if let's say you have, I don't know, uh, again, I'll relate to honestly, let's say you're a, a bodybuilder or you have some sort of show or something or a big event in a month's time, then you kind of have no choice that you, you have to be quite intense. Um, but can you keep that intensity up beyond that? Probably not. Um, it's kind of... you. You're giving it that all for that period of time because you know after that show, that event, you can ease off again. Um, but if it's just a normal person wanting a, a healthier and fitter lifestyle, then it's just got to be something that you can just fit into your, your daily routine um, that doesn't take up too much mental capacity. Um, and it can just slide in um, alongside other things and just keep you ticking over um, for a longer period of time. Like I say, it could be 15, 20 minutes a day. It doesn't have to be anything spectacular. But you do that for two months, three months, six months, and then you start seeing some, uh, some serious results. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, like, like I suppose as well, like it's kind of that, that plan, because if you haven't got, the planning is just like how different for if you are, if you are planning on being really like stupidly intense for like a really long period is it the likelihood of that sticking 
um, is is very slim. Um, so bringing it back just uh, a, t- a touch, you um, you talked about kind of like helping people find their purpose. How do you how do you go about doing that? Because it's it's such a big thing, and I think so many of us now that the more freedom we have, the more lost we do feel with it as well. Yeah, I think it's it's massive um, because I, I've seen people um, maybe do jobs that they don't like um, just because they feel like they have to. Um, but when you don't have a purpose, you're not willing to put in the extra work or hours or study or learn, or you 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 don't really want to develop in that area because you don't really care about it. Um, and I think it's quite sad, and I don't think many. I don't think you should have to do that. Um, so I, I do think finding your purpose um, is is a huge thing, because if you find that, everything else kind of falls into place after that. And if you're just willing to do something for a long period of time, that you're willing to get better and work at getting better, those few things, um, it's only a matter of time before you start being successful. Yeah, because I'd see, and I've been guilty of this uh, myself in the past as well, I'd see us kind of like say and with motivational stuff as well and with movies, with music, um, we'd kind of get swept down the, down the kind of rabbit hole, I, I suppose, of chasing numbers, like chasing a really ripped, like so, like summer-shaped goal, chasing money, um, chasing kind of materialistic stuff and just saying like, okay I'm gonna work really really hard to achieve those things but like you say if there's no purpose and passion outside of the materialistic side of things it's gonna be very hard for you to sustain it like long term yeah because if you if you're chasing something materialistic which is fair enough um if it keeps you you going what do you do once you've achieved it? Do you carry on or do you need something else that's materialistic to keep you going? So if you have something that has a deeper meaning than all that and it's bigger than all that, the beauty of it is you, it'll take quite a while for you to actually get there. So it keeps you going for a longer period of time. But let's say buying a an expensive bag or an expensive pair of shoes. If you work hard for a short period of time, most likely you'll be able to get them pretty quickly. So then what? Do you need another pair of shoes? How many pairs of shoes do you need to keep you going for 10, 15 years? You need hundreds. But if the meaning is a bit deeper and it might be involved in helping people or a big project to, to again, helping people or something relating back that means something to you which is bigger than all this then that will keep you going for a much much longer period of time okay so okay um so if like uh someone was was to like come over to come over to you uh piero and say like i'm i'm not having a purpose i'm not really enjoying things i'm feeling like in a bit of a rut what are the kind of things like is there a particular framework or particular structure you try and take to identify why that's happening how they can kind of escape it 
Yeah, so the first thing, like I say, for me, the starting point is always self-awareness. So you want to understand what it is that you don't like, what it is that you do like, um, what, what means something to you as a person. Um, and that's the starting point. The better you get to know yourself, the better you make decisions about where you want to go in the future. Um, and again, there's, there's exercises for, for all types of things, finding your purpose or career change or kind of performance evaluation. Um, so there's exercises for everything, really. Um, but all of them, for me, start from really getting to know yourself. Because um, people think they know themselves, but they don't really. Um, and I think once you do, you, you live a lot clearer in your mind um, and your actions become a lot easier to make and decisions become easier to make because you know what you stand for as a person. Um, so it, it's easy to make decisions. When you're not sure, you start thinking about what other people want you to do um, and that starts to influence your, your decision making. But when you're clear about what you are as a person, um, it definitely makes the road a little bit, little bit more clearer. Okay. Um, yeah, like you say, I suppose with, with that as well, it's where it's crucial to first start off with just paying attention. Um, like you say, just paying attention to your day-to-day, seeing what are the kind of things that do bring you fulfillment. Because if you do mm-hmm. feel in a rut, if you do feel purposeless, there's a really, really big chance you are doing some kind of stuff like in your day anyway that are giving yeah. you some kind of fulfillment anyway. And then you can kind of just build on now or just just work work with those firstly. Definitely. Um, yeah, perfect. So I think this is this is kind of flowing by um, Piero and I, I want to keep it to, to your schedule as well. So um, a really big one I, I really love to, to finish off with, with, with these, um, this, these podcasts is just with your journey so far um, and what, where you started and, and where you are now as well. Like what do you feel like has been your, your biggest lesson from like, I don't know, like 18 year old Piero first starting out as a, as a professional footballer to, doing that now and, and being at the next stage in a way good question um i'd say being adaptable and resilient um i think that's the biggest thing i've i've learned and taken away from from a professional football career which i'm grateful for because there's there's probably more lows than there is highs um but now i actually look back at those lows and I appreciate them because they made me have to change or have to make me think a different way to stop them happening again. Um, so, yeah, definitely resilience and adaptability is, is something that I'm very grateful for. Um, and then the ability to learn and to stay humble um, and just wanting to constantly improve and develop is for me if you can get that into your into your locker is is something that will just always make you get better um i left school thinking maybe i wasn't intelligent or education or learning wasn't for me um but i came to find out that maybe just what i was studying wasn't for me um because now i study more than than if i was at school 
but I'm, it's because I'm, I found subjects and things that I enjoy and I like, and I can see how if I learn them, they will benefit my life. So I can link the two where maybe sometimes in school, learning about certain things, I couldn't understand how that would make my life better. Um, and I like to, to learn and, and see stuff that I can implement directly into my life. Yeah, and I think that's that's so kind of like relevant, um, so relevant, so kind of similar to me as well with with school um, as well. So just just uh, like a final one to elaborate on as well was the, on the kind of resilience um, on the resilience bit. Is that just with the resilience? Is that like the, the combination of the two? Right, it's like kind of what's worked, what what I could do better, and then adapting and then pushing through. And is that kind of that kind of process of having the two together kind of makes you quite unstoppable in, in the long run, like seeing what works, but either way, just being resilient with it, finding the changes and really progressing at quite a fast pace that way around. Yeah, I think it's just kind of having an honest assessment of, of what's gone on. Um, because, you know, sometimes things, not always your fault or decisions or bits of luck maybe go against you. Um, but I've never really been someone to to blame other people or to to expect anything from anyone. So if anything ever goes wrong, I always look at myself first and think, what could I have done different? Um, and sometimes you couldn't do much different. Um, but if you just kind of see yourself as the main the main focus first, um, I think that that keeps you on a good road um, because most of the time situations that we go through it's it's down to our decisions or or down to us anyway um, so, but then that also means that it's down to you and you've got the capabilities to to turn it around and and make it a positive situation so yeah I think I've always kind of just never really blamed anyone or expected anything from anyone um, anything I do get I take it as a bonus, um, but it was never expecting. <laughs> yeah, I will. Uh, I'll definitely make a note of the two words uh, as a little reminder to myself as well, and, and try and do better with those as well. Um, perfect. So, yeah, uh, just to like, I suppose anything you want to add to the conversation? Anything we've talked about uh, so far? No, I think we've covered everything. Like I say, the any. Um, younger listeners or people looking to be successful in, in any career um, just having the ability to continuously want to learn and have the curiosity of of getting better um, I do think that's one of the main ingredients that that you need because the moment you think you know it all there's always someone behind you willing to work harder to to take your place um, so yeah, if you can keep yourself humble and always think like you're starting again, um, I don't think you can go too far wrong. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what a powerful um, reminder. So um, perfect, perfect, Piero. So with the listeners and with everything with they've, they've heard so far, if they want to kind of see more of you on a, on a, on a week-to-week, on a daily, if they kind of want to find out more about your, your coaching work now and the self-development side of things, would that be on your on your Instagram if 
what would be the best thing for me to link to this yeah so um my instagram or or my facebook or my linkedin um LinkedIn and Facebook is just my name, Piera Mingoya. And my Instagram is Piera Mingoya Coaching. Um, and yeah, I just try and post regularly uh, anything that I think might help just one person. Uh, it might be from a previous experience from myself or something learned, something I've learned recently. Um, but yeah, always kind of positively based, um, but also realistic. I'm not someone in. I understand the self-development world is quite fluffy uh, and everything's really positive and perfect and you just have to do certain things and your life turns out to be great. I understand that's not always the case. Um, so I, I try and keep it realistic. Um, but I do believe if you do certain things more often than not, you'll give yourself a better chance to, um, to have a happier life. But like I say, I try and keep it realistic because I understand People come from different backgrounds, different situations, um, but not not any that you have to stick with forever. Um, there's always a way out. Some a bit harder than others, but there is a way out. Yeah, um, yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah, and like I suppose the most the, the majority of people listening here are going to be younger. Uh, I think eighteen to twenty-seven. I think the, the average demographics. I think the majority. It's probably easier to move and make changes when you are like younger than if like you say mm -hmm. if you've got if you've got kids and, and stuff but um yeah thank you piero uh so much for tuning in today what's a conversation guys right i hope you've enjoyed this one it's a very special one and one that i will certainly be re-listening back in and stripping away the, the applicable stuff for me as well which um is going to be a lot so to finish off with if you have found this conversation helpful and you do want to see more from piero mingoya on your in your day-to-day -day and, and see all the amazing stuff he's doing and sharing and how you can start benefiting with benefiting with some of the extra information in a little bit more detail and all those good things i will link it piero's instagram down below in the show notes of this episode so all you have to do is find it and click here and you can check it out and finally as always if you did if you did find this conversation helpful and impactful even just uh, half as much as i did it would absolutely mean the world if you can give it a share help this podcast platform help this podcast grow develop um have us reach more people and grow and build the podcast to be something even better and even more special in 2022 and beyond um speak soon mm -hmm.